Welcome to the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. The Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. My name's David, and wow. I've always wanted to be a DJ. Hey, uh, Kevin, how you doing? <laughs> I was going to say, that's like the, uh, that's just the perfect like NPR, you know, news radio type voice. That's great. It's not NPR. I think we've been over this before, too. Oh, we're just rehashing we? all of our old jokes Damn, now. We've got to start listening to some comics or something. Because I remember saying before, you know, NPR, like, this would be a better voice for NPR. Oh, yeah. We did talk about yeah. that, right? The, the yeah. soothing kind of... Hey. You're listening to Night Sounds with Glenn Pierce. There you <laughs> Glenn Pierce. <laughs> did you ever listen to that? Oh. Or ever stumble across that? No. So I used... To, okay, here's our funny thing for the day. Maybe okay. it's funny or just weird. and It's personal anyway about me. I used to deliver, deliver pizzas when I was in high school. No kidding. Where at? at in Jackson, Ohio at Cardo's Pizza. Oh, it wasn't like a like a national chain. No, we I, hated them. Oh, because <laughs> because they were running you out of business. Right? Actually, no, we were we were like the most popular pizza place in town. Ooh, you must have been good. Well, we delivered. Oh, and, and <laughs> not no one very else? many people, not uh, many, many other places did, but uh, Domino's did, but not nearly as good as we did. So, <laughs> and um, they didn't have cool kids like me walking up to the door. Of with course, pizzas. yeah. But um, of so course. we we. Uh, so we'd drive around all night, right, listening. Only one car had a working tape player. The rest just had a radio. And so, like, I was like uber Christian kid, you know. I only listen to Christian music. I only listen to Christian radio. Right. So we only had one Christian radio station, and it was put out by Cedarville University. At the time, it was like Cedarville Bible College or something. And so it's like mostly... Like Chuck Swindoll, wow, and like you know all these. Every once in a while there'd be music, but then I, <laughs> every now and then yeah. you, you get a song. Yeah, but it was always like Maranatha. <laughs> oh, praise <laughs> God! Know? So Maranatha, the good like stuff, nineteen seventies Maranatha yeah, stuff, right? Circa nineteen seventy. <laughs> yeah, and oh. so so that would come on every once in a while. I'd be listening to these old dudes talking, and they were good. You know, I still like to listen to them. Once and in how a while. old were you? Like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm impressed. So, uh, but then I knew I was about done with work when night sounds would come on. Uh. <laughs> It'd be Glenn Pierce, and it was you know he he did trombone stuff. I don't know if you ever knew this, but he like no. he put out the trombone stylings of Glenn Pierce, and so then he had this radio show, and he was like playing all this like really soothing night sounds music, and, and he would talk like this, and talk about the night sounds with Glenn Pierce. Wow! So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that that was my trombone impersonation. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very good. No, I know, I know, it, it really wasn't. <laughs> Probably would have been better off to to y- yeah, just sh- not even say that's yeah, what you were trying to do. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I should have just left it. <laughs> People, because I was thinking it was like the Charlie Brown. Oh yeah, like but, you were giving me the signal. Hey, shut up about no. this because <laughs> wah, 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 wah. you know <laughs> how they always the teacher always talks. Yeah, but there. I mean, they, but they use a trombone for that, so I, I gotta they? be. Yeah, I gotta be oh. in the right. You know. Okay. Okay. See. All there right. We go. Come on. I'll Come let on. You have that one. Fair. That's fair. So uh, anyway, we uh, we just wrapped up an episode about ten fifteen minutes ago. Yep. And uh, we're 
and taking we're on episode number two of the number day. two of the day and we're gonna get this out to you next week yeah yeah and not not a whole lot's happened since uh you know i went to the bathroom you did right yeah. which and i i opened up your cd uh your cd case thing yep. here which has like hundreds of cds from every sermon that has ever been done here well, yeah yeah well, I think they finally stopped recording every sermon <laughs> that was oh, preached did they, did, on the like weekend. Every service, every sermon? I think they did wow. back in the day. And back before we had this building, they had five services on a weekend. So oh, that would be on. five sermons, right? And now we just record one. Okay. You know, when I when I came to Laurelwood, um, th- this is two and a half years ago, which isn't in the grand scheme of technology. You know, two and a half years ago, it isn't that long ago. They were still recording on tapes um every sermon you we know, still record on tapes i was rec- but that's all they recorded what yeah they just do they just use tapes i bought a cd recorder when i was there they were not using it it was just sitting there it was sitting there they, they were using it as the cd player like are you serious they were they were, <laughs> they were playing cds yeah. i still have the proposal on my computer that i had to submit <laughs> to the elders to buy that stupid thing are you kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing is we actually don't even use that um, CD recorder. We we have this little Tascam CD recorder burner that we use instead. That used to be. I bought that when I was there, too. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah so, hey, FYI, here's some history for, for those of you listening. Um, David actually was an interim worship pastor at the church where I am now serving as the worship pastor. Uh, so, you know, there's just a lot of bad blood between us. Um, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, can't you hear it? Since we get together every, you know, every other week and record these things, we just, yeah, we. I can't we believe that. I can't believe they went back to recording on tape after we recorded yeah, on CD. Well, I just figured that's how they always had done it. No, we did it for like a year and a half. We recorded on CDs. So what and happened to all those CDs? I have no idea because they aren't anywhere in my office. I have a giant collection of tapes though i mean like i li- like literally boxes and boxes of tapes nice um anyway so i know so, they were on the the mp3s were on my computer for a long time because i put them on like the church website from my computer so i still had them but so, I don't so you actually would you'd actually post the sermons online yep sure did because th- this is this is like such a revelation because when I got there, I mean, I, I don't know what happened between the time that you were there and the time I was there, but something happened where they like reverted back. They like re, they like took five steps back because yeah, they, yeah, they went back in time there. What what the heck? You got to find out. You know, you got to get now get back in touch with that guy and yeah, see that guy. see what his method was because he had a time machine or something that he could be what? making a lot of see, money. See now, on. now I'm really frustrated because I had to go to a lot of work. To, to try to, you know, get people up to speed on recording CDs. I had to do all the research to figure out how to post them online. You know, uh, we actually use the same, we use WordPress, which is mm-hmm. the program that uh, we use for the Worship Ministry Catalyst. But, you know, how frustrating is it that you actually had already established Yeah, some... I went through that all. I went setting it up for you, and <sighs> then it just got trampled. <laughs> yeah, because there, oh, there was a good three years between. That's funny. There was about three years from the time that you left until the time that I, until the time I came, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, normally in, in in progressive technology and in time, things advance and move forward. Like we literally went back in time, yeah, because uh, it was just tapes, man. Yeah, I, I bought that CD recorder because you could hook it up to a computer and use it as a CD burner on your computer. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. So it, uh, it's never been done. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Well, well you, that's that's pretty that's pretty much how churches work, though. What is the deal? <laughs> See, now I'm all frustrated no. because, you know, like like I I mean, it's just it's so dumb that you that you actually uh, got the stuff and and was, you were doing the work, um, and then we reverted back somehow to like the Stone Age, yep. and then I came. I'm like, why are we recording on tapes? <laughs> um, and that's it. Oh, well, I don't so know. So I think for a while, what I did. Before we bought the CD recorders, I would record the tape onto my computer and do an MP3 wow. version of it. So, anyway, that's all neither here nor there. It has nothing to do with what we're yeah, talking no, about Yeah, no, absolutely nothing. But I'm, I'm, I'm literally in shock. I don't know how to, how to feel right now. But oh. uh, <laughs> before we get into like the, the meat and potatoes topic of the day, we're going to talk about your weekend. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so I had a crazy weekend. Um uh, Sunday morning at about like 3 a.m., uh, my, my my wife woke up with this like really bad chest pain and uh, it just got worse and worse and turned into this like massive heartburn thing where, I mean, you know, she, she was just, you know, she's a pretty tough gal, my wife, Melanie, and uh, I mean, she was in pain. So finally- She was dressed up like Elvis the last time I saw her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David came to our, our uh, harvest carnival that we had at our church, and my wife is the children's director at our church. So Melanie was was putting the whole thing on, and um, last year when, when she put the harvest carnival together, she didn't dress up. She just was herself, and she got a lot yeah. of flack. Everyone's like, why aren't you dressed up? You're the children's director. You Did need she to do dress any impressions? up. So yeah, uh, she didn't get no, up on not, stage and do none of that. Hell no, or yeah, hire jailhouse you. rock or anything like that. You know, no, nothing like that. But she did dress up as Elvis. Okay. Well, um, we're yeah, moving in the right direction. Yeah, she's getting there. <laughs> anyway, so so she um, just woke up really in pain, and so you know, after like consulting. Called an advice nurse. You know, I I was on WebMD looking stuff up, and you know everything that I was reading was like was like seek immediate medical attention. You know, call nine one one. That's comforting, um, right? Because <laughs> uh, normally, like like anything with chest pains, I mean, you, you never know what it is, but you don't want to take a chance because it could be like a precursor to a heart attack. So, so we went to the emergency room, and it was a apparently it was a. a a really busy night. I'm, I'm using quotation marks here. Um, you can't see them, but uh, I say that because like there was only nine or ten people in the ER, and we we were there for hours. Yeah. You know, just uh. we had that same experience when when Becky was pregnant with Hannah. We went to the ER one for when she's pregnant with Hannah. She's super sick the whole time. She had hyperemesis, and so Ugh. so she couldn't keep anything down. Well, one one night she had been you know throwing up for like three days straight hadn't oh. kept any food or water down so oh. like we need to go to the hospital right we go to the hospital and we sit and wait for hours and while we're sitting there this guy who was there before us he's sitting in the lobby bleeding all over the floor no. like i was i was i was convinced this guy was gonna bleed to death <laughs> like right to get there help in, in the, the waiting room, room. yeah <laughs> i'm like 
Are you serious? You can't like put this guy somewhere where he can at least you know put a cold ice pack on this wow. leg to stop him from bleeding. He'd cut it with a chainsaw, right? <laughs> so he's really bleeding. You really need. Wait, help. He, he really did cut himself with the chainsaw. Yeah, he cut himself with the chainsaw. Wow, he's bleeding all over the floor. Yeah. Anyway, unreal. So, so yeah, so we're we're there, and um, you know, at this, you know, it's like five, six. That's kind of, we might need to rate that this episode PG thirteen or something. Yeah. Like sorry. That, yeah. Put put. This is the unclean. <laughs> episode this is the explicit episode this is the halloween halloween edition of. yeah except we're like way past halloween yeah. but that's okay so anyway so we're sitting there and i'm like i don't think i'm gonna be able to make it in time for our worship practice we we have worship practice at 7 30 in the morning and um you know and we live about 30 25 30 minutes away from the church so i'm looking at my watch i'm thinking i, I better start i better start you know planning getting getting arrangements ready so i end up i end up literally spending about 45 minutes maybe even close an hour on the phone i i called um i i actually i went back through my cell phone and checked i called 13 different people um just to just to try to get everything arranged you know first i called uh, one one of my um one of my co-worship leaders who's on my worship ministry team um, and she, she was actually already scheduled to play that Sunday. So I called her, I'm like, look, I'm in the ER. Uh, can you lead worship? And, and she was super cool about it, which I was thankful for. Cause I didn't know what else to do. Um, if, you know, if, if that wasn't going to work out, I would have been really, um, in, yeah, in bad shape, but mm-hmm. it was great. I mean, cause I, I'm literally calling her like, you know, 45 minutes before the practice starts and Hey, can you lead worship? Uh, so she was super cool about it. You know, I'm calling her, I'm calling the pastor, calling the video people, the sound guys, uh, you know, calling, um, uh, uh, this one guy was doing this presentation, um, and and just all these little details. And I'm trying to, in my mind, I'm trying to think through, okay, what, what else, what else do I normally do on a Sunday that I now have to try to find someone Mm -hmm. else to do? Um, so I, I did a lot of scrambling just from like six thirty or seven thirty, just kind of on the phone calling different people and it all worked out great. Apparently the service, the service went, um, you know, went great. Uh, Rachel did a great job leading. Uh, a lot of people were just really impressed. I was super proud of her. Uh, you know, she, she's a young gal that I've been, um, kind of training and, and working towards being, uh, more in leadership. And, and so to, to see her just step up was super encouraging for me mm-hmm. and um yeah i think i've shared on some uh, other podcast episodes that i'm trying to you know do this idea of raising up you know intentionally raising up other leaders in in our church in our ministry who can uh step in for situations like this so to actually see it come to fruition was great but still really stressful yeah well when you were telling me this i had i had a thought you know and not to criticize you because I don't have this either, but um, like maybe it would be good for us as worship leaders to have some kind of contingency plan, yeah, checklist, something or other that's that's out, you know, in the sound booth for right. everyone, like for a, everyone like a see. laminated copy yeah. that's somewhere. Yeah, this this is everything that needs to happen on a Sunday morning. This is what needs to happen for worship to get pulled off on Sunday morning, and just have it out there for you know for everyone to see, and so they know. Okay, if Kevin, you know, is in the ER, is in the ER <laughs> with his wife on a Sunday morning, then I everybody knows exactly what they need to do. Oh, that's good. So anyway, 
just a little thought there. But that's that's yeah, that's good. But uh, you know, I was I was telling you, it, it helps <laughs> helps people realize how much you do on a Sunday morning. Yeah, how, or how much goes in to into yeah. a Sunday morning. Like, oh, this is what he gets paid for. <laughs> yeah, because there's so there's so much more than you know, and everyone listening to this who is a worship leader, I mean, you know exactly. Worship leading and being being a part of a worship service or worship team ministry is so much more than music, and so much more than you know singing a song. Um, I mean, there, there's all the details, but there's also uh, you know the the heart aspect and the um, you know the the what's our purpose and why are we here and you know um, what's our mission and you know there's all that stuff too. Right. So. It's it's a lot. Well, and then when you're a volunteer, you know, it's even more. You know, so we've got a lot of volunteer worship leaders who listen to this podcast. I'm guessing. Yeah. And um. Yeah, you're you're putting in, you know, a, a working a full forty hour week, and then you're trying to come in and get ready. And that's tough. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I, I don't I don't think I could do that. I Reminds mean, me of uh, there's a guy who I follow on a blog. Uh, his name's Billy Chia, and he. He was I th- I don't I don't understand all the story completely. I don't know all the details, but he went from being basically a full-time paid worship leader to still working at the church but got bumped down to part-time for some reason or another. And he's had just a great attitude about it. But he's gone from, you know, having this full-time job to where he's working full-time at the church and totally focused on that to now where he's He's having to split his focus between working another job and wow. working part time at the church, and still pulling off the same stuff That's every hard. week. And so, so you know, anything we can do to help those guys out, anything, anything we can do, you know, maybe, maybe over, probably won't happen for me before Christmas, <laughs> but maybe after Christmas we could work up some kind of a checklist, you know, like a pre, a couple examples, my example and your example of, of stuff that needs to happen on a, for me, it'd be a Saturday afternoon for you to be a Sunday morning. Yeah. This is what needs to happen for worship to get pulled off. And, uh, and we could happen. post it for people to use and, and work off of well, and, and not like that. And not just pull off. I mean, to, to actually have it be done effectively. And, right. you know, so, so that's not like this weird, embarrassing, awkward, <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay, that, that sucks. But to actually, you know, what was encouraging for me was I had a number of people come up and say, man, you know, Rachel did a great job. And my question was, were you able to worship? I mean, you know, that that's cool. She did good, but were you able to worship? And, and yeah, time and time again, it was, yeah, you know, like she really led us. And I thought that is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's what encourages me as a worship pastor, as I'm, as I'm investing in, in other people who, who have that leadership potential. And as I'm working and training and uh, trying to help people with their confidence and upfront skills and musical skills to, to see something like that, where, you know, 45 minutes before practice, I'm calling, Hey, can you lead worship? Um, boom. It's, it's encouraging for me. Yeah. So anyways, those are, I thought that was worth talking about. Definitely. Good, good stuff. Hey, let's jump into our topic. This is exciting because this is an international topic. Apparently. Yes. Apparently this is something that not only Americans deal with, but at least one Australian deals with it. Yes. Because um, because this is a suggestion from one of our Australian listeners. And let, let it be said here at the outset that we do, in fact, read emails and posts and uh, 
And from time to time, we actually use it as part of our podcast. So here we go. David got this comment from um, one of our listeners in Australia. And I thought it was just really, um, it's just a really, really good question. So this is on our on our Worship Ministry Catalyst Network. And I'll put a link in, in the show notes for that. It's over there. It's, it's open for anybody to, uh, anybody who joins our network to comment on, to discuss, be a part of. And uh, right there on the front page, you can see the, the question is, where does the worship ministry leader get their fill? I'd love some feedback on what you do as a leader in regards to your own worship, your Bible studies, and your mentoring. Do you find it hard to switch off your leadership mode in church services and worship yourself? Do you have enough nights in the week to go to a small group Bible study, a small group slash Bible study? Do you have a quiet time? Do you have a prayer, accountability, mentoring partner? How do we do everything? <laughs> so, Great question. Yeah. That's Great question. Obviously, you know, something that's very important to us as worship leaders. So, Yeah, and I think the, the, the heart of that question, the ultimate question is how, how do worship leaders still worship? Um, which is just a great, great question, mm-hmm. and, and I'll I'll just start I'll start off the discussion because um, something that that I uh, I'll just go ahead and throw it out and admit um, I have a really really hard time um, worshiping uh, at, at you know other places or worshiping outside you know my own church because. Um, and, and, and here it is, I'm throwing it out here. You can, you can stone me later, but I, um, (laughs) I get, uh, I get really critical and, and cynical of, of other people's, you know, worship, um, you know, just the, whatever the production or the performance. And it's super hard for me to be, um, uh, to, to be engaged. And I find myself, yeah, just, you know, picking it apart and saying, oh, you know, that, that, um, you know, that, that was flat or they came in too soon or it was too fast. And, and, and it's horrible. I hate it that I do it. And I've been super convicted of it. Um, you know, even last night we, we had the Multnomah ambassador choir at our church. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, just, just like old times, da- <laughs> David and I were in the Multnomah choir and, um, we had them come to our church and, and it was great, but even, you know, even then, during their their concert, during their performance, they had a worship time and, you know, had all of us stand and sing along. And, and even that, I was, like, finding myself just being critical. And uh, I was like, gosh, Kevin, what, what are you doing, you know? Can, can you just worship God and be okay with it? So, anyway, there it is. I'll admit just right off the bat, I have a really hard time with it. Well, and, you know, there's that and then... You know, there are other, we're, we're very not perfect in this. Let's just, <laughs> I, I know for myself that there are, there are several issues here in my personal life where, where I'm not running at a hundred percent like I should be. Uh-huh. And, um, but you know, for me, that's, that's true for me. You know, it's hard to, especially once you get into worship leading and, and developing worship ministries and doing all this stuff on a regular basis. When you get, when you're on a worship team, even, you know, when you just go from being an observer in the congregation to singing or playing an instrument on the worship band or worship team, it's like, it's, it's like a switch goes in your mind. And all of a sudden you go from being an observer and a participator into being a, uh, a creator. And when you do that, then you start evaluating 
everything you see <laughs> that's worship, right? I mean, yeah. I, you know, every even at like a worship, we went to a worship conference with my last church a few years ago, and I'm sitting there with Chris Tomlin and Lincoln Brewster and all these guys, and I'm evaluating them as they're right. leading worship, what, right? What are, the, what like, are they doing? <laughs> yeah, like, well, why did they do that? Why, you know, we could have done that. You know, you know, sure. we could have done a better transition than that. You know, things <laughs> like that. It's like, you know, you start doing all those kind of things in your head. So, but... um I wanted to say, you know, as far as the mentoring accountability kind of thing goes, one of the th- one of the areas for that for me, especially in terms of worship, is this that we have going on mm. here between you and me, because you know we don't we don't always think the same way about things. Right, right. We don't uh, we don't run our ministries in the same way. So when we're talking about a topic, um, it's really good for me to hear how you do the same thing in your church in a completely different way, which helps me then evaluate the way that I'm doing things and maybe see it that there is a better way or I can improve or merge the two ideas or when we start hearing ideas from other people outside of the two of us, like when we yeah. had Scott in, you know, really made me think a lot about how we do worship and, yeah. and some of the purposes behind doing worship. So, so well, that I, would be like a really important suggestion for me is, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, that's great. And we really obviously encourage you to listen to that podcast and share that with other people. But, um, but it's very important that you have some kind of uh, real life relationship with another worship leader, right? And I think I think the the bottom line, you know, what I hear you saying, and I would totally um, echo it, uh, even amplify it to eleven. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, what I hear you saying is that bottom line, we need to have relationships with people and we need to be doing this with other people you know whether that is uh whether that is um you know accountability uh whether that is brainstorming whether that is planning i I think i think the the moment the moment that we as as worshipers or even worship leaders the moment we try to just do it on our own or rely on our own uh strength or our own you know, uh, intuitiveness, uh, that, that's when it starts falling. So for me personally, you know, in my own personal life, I, you know, um, I have a group of guys that, that I, a group of pastors that I meet with on a monthly basis. Um, you know, we, we do this kind of accountability report where we, um, where we, we challenge each other to spend, you know, spend, um, uh, 30 minutes a day in the Bible. We challenge each other to, to spend an hour a day reading the scripture. So, so the, there's, there's these kind of disciplines that, that we have as an accountability group that are, um, that are, are leading us to press near the heart of God. And I think you, you gotta have, especially when you're in ministry, you gotta have some, someone who is, who is kind of back there saying, "Hey man, like how are you doing? Are you still connecting with God in a real way?" Because let's be honest, especially especially if you're a paid, you know, if you're a paid employee at a church, it is really easy to just go through the motions. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to go through the motions or to be planning um a, a service and you know you're practicing the songs or your message or whatever and and oh oh you know that that's my that's my time with god but it's got to be more than that it's got to be more than that and so 
you know, for me personally, it has been absolutely uh, life changing, like literally life changing and influential to have these these seven pastors in my life, and we email each other every week, and we get together once a month for for lunch. Um, and, and we do this as a way of making sure that as ministers of the gospel, as as um, pastors and as as leaders, you know that we are that we are staying connected uh, to God and to each other. Yeah. And <clears throat> so you know, very practical piece of advice is to find a person and build a relationship. Yeah. And start opening up and be a little bit vulnerable and, and share some of that stuff. Right. But you know, you said some other good things. Even if you don't have somebody. If you don't have a person or persons in your life, you can you can set some standards for yourself and keep them. So yeah. set set a standard. Maybe if if you're not used to reading the Bible every day, say I'm going to read the Bible up five minutes a day. Start off, you know, it's, same thing with right. So start small and work your way up. Yeah, same thing for like with physical fitness goals. You do the same thing with spiritual goals. You don't yep. you don't start you know shooting for the stars and then fail. You start with something you know you can achieve and succeed and build momentum. It's you know same thing we do in worship ministry. We don't start shooting for, you know, for being like the mega church down the road. We start shooting for what we know we can achieve. Yeah. You know, under promise, over deliver. Under promise, over deliver. So, we'll, we'll we will we'll, we'll we'll say we can do less than we think we can, and then we do more than we said we can, and we're just constantly building this momentum. It's the same thing in our spiritual lives, where where we need to. It's better to underpromise ourselves a little bit and then overdeliver on that and feel like you've made this huge successful step because instead of you know you you say you want to read 5 minutes but if you read 7 minutes every day then you overachieved then, every then, single yeah, day. You you got you got to win. What a success, yeah. You got to get some wins in there. And so so setting set some goals for yourself. One of the big things for me um through Google Reader and you can just type in Google Reader. You can follow really easily a lot of blogs. Mm. And uh, so I follow blogs of senior pastors and worship pastors and worship leaders and tech people from, you know, around, at least around the country, all over the country. And I don't know, probably some of them are out of the United States. Uh, but um, but I follow those every day. So I'm I'm constantly, you know, hearing what other pastors are are going through in their spiritual walks, what scriptures on their hearts, on their minds. And so it's basically like a virtual relationship, you know, <laughs> with, with a lot of these people that would be unreachable. You know, pastors of mega churches are sharing their spiritual walks. And so I get to hear that this pastor of a church of 10,000 people is a real person just like me. And so yeah. <clears throat> so that'd be one thing that, that I would recommend is, is follow some blogs and do some stuff like that. But... Um, Try and make sure we hit all these questions here in one way or another. Yeah, you know, there, there was also a, a bit in there, David, about um, you know, there's accountability, mentoring, uh, something that I started doing just recently. Um, something that my senior pastor encouraged me to do was meeting with uh, meeting with another worship pastor who, you know, who maybe is already at the next level in their ministry, um, or or they're at the next level. You know, like where where we are at Laurelwood, and uh, and I think you actually met Steve Hotra from uh, mm-hmm. uh, from some of you, and so I've been meeting with him about once a month, and we just get together, and you know, I I kind of just pick his brain, and he uh, at, you know, he challenges me and how I'm doing my ministry, shares with me stuff he's done that that's been successful. I think having 
you know, so so I'll just say in response to that question, some key things from my own personal life and my own personal journey have been uh, being in a mentor relationship, which also includes mentoring other people. I, I have I'm about four or five people in my ministry that that I meet with pretty regularly, mentor them as far as leadership. Um, and then the other aspect is the accountability, which I already shared, keeping me, you know, keeping me at a place where uh, I'm I'm going to be growing uh, in my my spiritual walk. Uh, but one thing, and I already mentioned it at the beginning, one thing that I struggle with is is that musical side of worship. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I don't know how to do that well. I'll be honest, um, you know, because every Sunday I'm I'm at a every Sunday I'm at you know, church and I'm leading the, the music there. And, and certainly, certainly for me, leading worship, um, isn't a job, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's part of me. And I put, I put my whole, you know, I put my whole, uh, emotion and my soul and my heart into leading worship. And it is very worshipful for me, but I don't, I don't get very many, you know, I don't get very many moments, um, where it's just me as a participator instead of me as a leader. Right. <laughs> I, I don't get a lot of those. And and I'll be honest to say, I, I don't really know. I don't know. I, I don't have any good ideas. Well, one of the things that I've told a lot of worship leaders when they've asked me this question before um, is, is to with tech, you know, take advantage of technology. Use yeah. technology to its fullest. Always be learning about technology because there's some way it can help you, and I can guarantee it, it can make your life better in some way. One of the ways that, that it helps us as worship leaders is there are a lot of churches right now who are doing their entire worship service online. Yeah. And so uh, I did this a lot at my last church where on Monday I would come in and I would go and first thing I'd do is I'd go sit through another church's worship service. So it was, huh. I think it was like PCC online or something like that that I did uh, use their worship service. But there are even even more now where they put all their music and they do it legally. Where they put all their music and their sermon and stuff on there, and you can go and be a participator mm. in a worship service. And yeah, it's not real, but you know, as worship leaders, that's not really possible. You know, sometimes it is. You know, at, at my first church I worked at when I lived out here, I was leading worship at like an 11 o'clock service, and there was a big church. New Heights was across the street. Mm. So I would go to their like 7.30 service or something, and I'd go sit through their worship service in the morning and then come over and do our worship service later oh, than cool. that. But, you know, as worship leaders, yeah, I agree. It's it's very hard to separate that leading worship to it's actually tough. being a participator in it's worship. Tough. And it's something that you need to kind of work towards and, and mold your worship leading style to be able to worship and lead in worship at the same time. Right. But I don't think it's something that any worship leader ever accomplishes. I don't think any worship leader ever really gets there where they are perfect at both leading worship and being involved and participating in worship at the exact same time. Because it seems like, you know, as soon as you start thinking about trying to lead the congregation in a certain direction, it's a completely different brain function. Than just, you know, being there and, and inter- like engaging. Right. Yeah. And so so that's why I've always encouraged people to find another venue to, to be a participator. Well, I know that um, before Callie was born, you know, we were in, in a midweek Bible study. And uh, one, once Callie was born, we, we stopped going just because our lives kind of got crazy. Um, but, but you know, that, that was even good, too. And I love, I love that comment uh, in there. You know, how, what, what's that last, that very last, how do you do it all? Yeah, or? how do we do everything? 
How do we do everything? And bottom line, you can't. I mean, don't. There's no way you're going to be able to do everything. You know, my my thing is find find the ways that you can connect and do connect with God per, on a personal level and do them well. You know, because you're not going to be able to to go to the um, you know the midweek Bible study and the you know the evening small group. And, you know, go to a Saturday evening service so that you can get filled. And you're not going to be able to, you know, do that in conjunction to keeping a, a, a personal relationship with God where you're reading the Bible 30 minutes a day and praying an hour a day and, and having an accountability group that meets once a month and then going to your mentor. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do it all. That's not what we call a balanced life. <laughs> right. That whole balancing. But you, you can't you can't do some of those and even a lot mm-hmm. of those. I mean, you know, those things I, I listed, I mean, I, I do the accountability, you know, I, I do the mentoring, um, you know, and, and I'm constantly striving towards, you know, being a worshiper in my own worship leading. Um, so you can do them. You can do some of them, but do them well and do do them to the glory of God. Do them so that you're connecting with Jesus and pressing near his heart. Well, and, you know, I would even say that, that we don't necessarily need to do this, you know, yeah, there's certain aspects of th- of Christianity that are that are key to maintaining a balanced life, you know, like being in the Word daily and praying yeah. daily. Yeah. But there there can be some flux to that, you know, so where, you know, for a period of six months, you want to, you, you focus the time that you have, the devotional time that you have on your Bible reading. So let's say you have, let's say you only, you can only find an extra half an hour in your day to do, to do your spiritual walk stuff with. So, so you spend 20 minutes for six months reading the Bible and meditating on that scripture and then the other 10 minutes in prayer. Mm-hmm. But then the next six months, you know, maybe you can swap it and you spend 20 minutes in prayer and 10 minutes in, in studying and reading the Bible. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, that's one of the things that, that I don't like about a lot of what's pushed in, in terms of your Christian walk, your devotional walk, is what's pushed is a checklist and it's a, a stagnation. Hmm. Like it's it's just a recipe for becoming stagnant because what they want you to do, you know, is to do the same thing every day for the rest of your life. And, and you know, that gets that just becomes a habit and routine and meaningless after after an amount of time. Yeah. So there needs to be some change. Life, our Christian life and our Christian journey is not a static uh, one. It is it's a active, you know, yeah. it is constantly moving. And growing and shifting and changing looks, um, for sure. Yeah. So, so don't be discouraged if you're out there asking these questions because we ask them of ourselves. Too. Yeah. Great. Great question. Yeah. And you know, things that I'm not good at. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm not good at all that stuff. Um, you know, so it, it's a good reminder for me. And mm-hmm. and like I said at the beginning, something I've even just really been convicted of is you know how critical I get. When I, I do engage in, in other worship um, where I'm not leading. Um, so, yeah, something I need to work on personally. Well, that's all the time we have. We're actually overtime. So, overtime. Overtime. As always. Which, by the way, first time since 2002, there was a tie in the NFL this last weekend. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was my team, Bengals. Oh, the Cincinnati Bengals. We have one and a half wins this year, baby. Way to go. Yeah, what what a drag, man. They missed yeah. that field goal at the end, uh, which could have won the game. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Also, also first time, first time in the history of the NFL, in the history of the NFL, that a game ended 
um, a game ended with a score of 10 versus 11. It was the, um, what game was it? Shoot, I watched the end of it. It was crazy uh, because what happened was, you know, you had the the touchdown plus the field goals of 10. Mm -hmm. But then the other team, two field goals, then they got a safety making it 8, and then they won with the field goal making it 11. Nice. 10 versus 11, odd score. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know why so, uh, we talked about that. <laughs> so check us out online, www or dub dub dub. I guess is the new way to say it. Dub dub dub. Worship Ministry Catalyst. That's weird. Yeah, that's been said around here a couple times. Dub dub dub. Yeah, so dub dub dub. Worship Ministry Catalyst. Com. You can get on our social network and participate in this very discussion that we had today. I'll put yes. a link to it, worshipministrycatalyst.ning.com. We'd love to have you join that network and uh, share in our lives and your life and, and what have you. So, That's right. And you can email us, david at worshipministrycatalyst.com, kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. We hope to hear from you soon. That's right. So uh, have a great week and keep plugging away. Bye. <laughs>